0: Hello everybody, welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with myself Andy Kelly Um, I'm back in the host uh, seat today because Ian Doyle is lost somewhere in St Helens Or lost in his own brain as he has been for several years But I am joined by our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away James Pearce, hi Jay Hi Andy And by the Echo's own digital guru uh, (laughs) Paul Gorse you Paul? I'm Uh, alright now regular listeners hello mum will um, be aware we did um, an impromptu podcast on Wednesday after the the Seville um, second half it felt like uh, we all needed to get stuff off our chest so hopefully you had listen to that so I'm not going to go into great detail about the Seville game here we're just going to do really a brief look forward to Chelsea if we can but um, James and Paul weren't in in the pod the other way. James, you were travelling back from Seville uh, the other day. How, how was the trip overall for you?
1: Uh, good. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know, I know it's strange, obviously, because speaking to a lot of fans and they had such mixed experiences. Um, you know, in terms of the city itself um, and how welcoming the people there were, it was absolutely brilliant. You know, up there. Um, with with one of the best trips. It helped, obviously, the fact that the weather was was fantastic. You know, fans were sitting out in the bars, shorts and t-shirts in late November for a Champions League game felt a bit odd. Um, but um, yeah, there was a really good buzz around the place all day. You know, severe fans mixed with Liverpool fans, no hint of any trouble. And then, obviously, the shame was that um, you know, the the issue started when they they tried to get into the away end with the. The Spanish police and and the steward image I'm sure we'll we'll touch upon but um, and then yeah obviously the the game itself was was manic wasn't it really you know the kind of the best and the worst of of Klopp's side summed up in the space of ninety manic minutes.
0: It's always a a last minute or so equaliser always uh, always requires a a bit of a rewrite and uh, and everything else in the most basic terms but uh, it was Paul I mean we didn't hear from you the other day either in, in the podcast looking back to Sevilla myself, Jonesy uh, Joe Rimmer and uh, Doily all had very sort of different views in terms of in terms of how bad embarrassing I think Jonesy used the word absolutely diabolical um, but, um, but we, we all had sort of different opinions uh, in terms of I mean my general opinion is that the first half wasn't as, as good as people thought but we got the goals and put ourselves in a great position um, but how did, how did you see the game overall in terms of how it unfolded?
2: Well if ever a game kind of encapsulates Jürgen Klopp's Liverpool I thought it was this um, first half you know going forward Liverpool have got four or five players who can hurt any team who can score goals and on this occasion it was obviously Firmino Mane two, two of the four in particular who were really great going forward uh, and then the second half was just you know as good as they are going forward they can be terrible at the back and, and we all know this and That's how it turned out to be. Um, Unfortunately, Alberto Moreno's regressed to to what he he kind of was. You know, he's he's had a a great couple of months back on the side and first choice, and deservedly so. But uh, it was an alarming regression for him in the second half. I think he was rightly called off. Um, And you know, it is a cliche, but it was a game of two halves. Liverpool superb going forward in the first, and uh, awful at the back in the second. But it's uh, you know, at the end of the day, they haven't lost. the point. It's just a shame that you know from such a commanding position, um, they could have looked towards a derby, with you know, with, with an idea of resting players for, for the last Champions League game. But that's not going to be the case now. Um, so th- that was a shame, really.
0: James, the of course, he mentions Alberto Moreno, and obviously you've been up at Melwood today. Uh, the manager's been questioned about um, Alberto Moreno, and, and he's he's put up quite a stern defence, um, albeit. Suggesting that that he may well have been wrong as a manager in actually playing the player in the game, but uh, it it was a you know significant topic of conversation in the press conference today.
1: Yeah, it was interesting what Klopp said. He said he said you know he felt it was a difficult night for Alberto because he said I think he said you know everyone there before the game wanted to speak to him. He said it was like you know a member of the family going back and. And it almost suggesting, I think he said, you know, sometimes that can affect you even just one or two percent in terms of concentration, um, and yeah, kind of hinting that maybe Klopp get regretted picking him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was just infuriating, wasn't it? Because you know he's taken a lot of plaudits in recent weeks, um, and you know, sadly, that was the Moreno. Of, you know, it was a game that brought back a lot of memories. Actually, of the Europa League final in 2016, and probably you know Moreno was the biggest biggest reason for that, you know, the parallels being drawn because, you know, his capitulation, you know, helped Sevilla um massively. Um you know what well, I think where I do have some sympathy for Klopp's point of view is I d I don't think you can get into a position where you're making sweeping generalisations based on one game. And you know, I think it was only at the start of the week where Klopp was talking about how in his managerial career he'd never seen a transformation in a player um like he'd seen in Moreno and that that's why i actually think it would be very harsh to drop him for the chelsea game when i know there'll be a lot of fans saying you know he has to be dropped and you know he came in for a huge amount of stick and which is going to happen when you make the basic mistakes in a champions league game like he did but i can understand why would would stick with him for saturday's game just because you know what I don't think you can you can judge a player based on one game and I think you know you look at how Klopp dealt with the Lovren thing post Tottenham. Um, you know he picked him for the following game as it was Lovren got injured in the warm up and didn't play, um, and it looks like he's going to deal with this situation in a in the same way and, and give Moreno the chance to make amends.
0: Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because Klopp says he's got 100 percent faith in uh, Alberto Moreno. He admitted he'd had a talk with him. And said, you know, it disgusting. I told him I'm really pleased with his his shape, which I think is basically fitness is is, is what he's referring mm. to there, and, and how he's been playing. Um, and it it all depends whether you believe uh, the other night was the real Albert Moreno reemerging, or whether the he has improved as a player, and that's what we've been seeing for the last couple of months. And then he's had a slip up and Klopsage seemed to suggest that the whole vibe of being back in Seville and everything else had made his concentration levels drop 1 2 or 3% and that is enough you know one foot on somebody's foot in the penalty area was enough for a penalty wasn't it um i mean where where are you on that that scale because i think this is this is you have a lot of people saying he's just not good enough ultimately it happens too often with him but it hasn't happened very often this season
2: no, it hasn't. Um, but I can kind of see where Klopp's coming from with the the concentration levels, particularly when you consider you know he's just recently become a father again, hasn't he? And uh, he said Liverpool come out half asleep. I don't know whether he was referring to himself with <laughs> some sleepless nights. Um, but maybe th- you know that's had an impact. on you know going back to his, his boyhood club and he's speaking to all his, his friends and his family there. That, that you know particularly about his newborn. You know even just things like that might have have had a bit of an impact on him, um, concentration wise, as Klopp suggested. Um, I think, is this Moreno's fourth season at, at Liverpool? Is that his third or his fourth? Yeah. Off the top of my head? Um, I, th- I think he's had ample opportunities to kind of suggest that he should be the one who, who, who plays left-back every week. Because he didn't,
0: he, one of those years, he virtually didn't play last season. Yeah,
2: yeah, but it wasn't through injury, was it? He, he'd lost out to a, a, an ageing midfielder at left-back. Um, so I, I think he's had more than... As opportunities to, to prove that he, he should be the long-term left back, and I, I just kind of wonder whether whether you know he is the answer. Liverpool paid ten million pounds for Andy Robertson, and he's not getting any, anywhere near the side. As he maybe it's time to, to look at what he can bring, um, but it, it's a difficult one for the for the immediate team tomorrow. Um, whether club sticks to him, I, I, I kind of think Lindy might just do that. But long term, I've never overly been convinced of and uh, and, and
0: certainly not still Jim the thing about tomorrow and Chelsea is that it's almost just as much a risk to bring Andy Robertson into a situation where you were just looking before he hasn't played since September September
1: 19th so that's, o- that's over
0: two months yeah. uh, we know he's played for Scotland in the interim but yeah. he's, you know, he's not playing 23's football um, so to bring him into what's a, what's a you know pretty big game uh, would be a bit of a gamble and you know it might be that the the safest choice, and people people will be falling off bar stools, <laughs> that, you know, sort of thinking using the words safe and Moreno in the same sentence. But in this situation, it might be that he is the safer option. On the other hand, you've got James Milner. Now Milner came on and you know did sort of calm things down for a bit when he came on the other day. But I have to say, I haven't missed that thing. No. you saw him coming onto his right foot and playing those balls uh, with his right foot, and and I, I didn't like, you know, it, it just annoyed me to see it again. To be <laughs> honest, you knew it was you knew it was coming because yeah. that's what he does. That's what you will do with your with your you know with your preferred foot. So I'm just worried whether that might slightly unbalance the team. And actually, the lesser of all evils is probably to say. You you got us into this mess, Alberto. To a certain extent, yeah. the other day, go, go and prove yourself to me again. Yeah,
1: I think I think a lot of the reaction has almost been because of them, not not judging Moreno on this season, but because it was almost like people almost saying, "I told you so." You know, that is that was the Moreno of why he lost his place to Milner in the first place. That is why he's not good enough. And so I think, and it maybe it's a bit unfair to judge. I think if you judge Moreno purely on this season. Then he deserves the chance to make amends on Saturday. I I, I agree with you on Robertson. I think I feel really, I feel that Robertson has been hard done by in a way this season. I think on the rare occasions we've seen him, he's actually done really well. But I think considering he hasn't kicked a ball competitively for Liverpool for over two months, I think that would be a massive gamble to throw him in, into a game of this magnitude. Um, and you, you just hope that Klopp will get the, the right reaction from from Moreno. I think. Um, it's going to be a, a huge test for him. I think the frustrating thing the other night was the, the basic mistakes he made. You know, the the stupid free kick, shoving the the guy in the back for the first goal. Then you know, really poor the way he allowed Man to get across him for the header, and then poor touch, and then bringing him down for the penalty. They, they were the kind of mistakes you kind of hoped that, that he'd kind of eradicated from his game and. That was why it was, you know, so infuriating on the night. But I think also there was a little bit post-match where it was probably too much directed at him in particular because I think you could go through that team second half and so many players went missing. Um, you know, and Klopp didn't name names today, but I think you know he alluded to the fact it was very much a collective issue. Yeah, the first two goals were down to to Moreno's individual errors, but. You know, Liverpool's midfield just didn't function, they got overrun at times in that second half. Even the even the front three, I thought you know, Salah was so quiet the second half, Firmino as well after a brilliant first half. Um, you know, I think there was just a bit of complacency crept in. I think they they felt as if the job was done. Also knowing that they just needed to hang hang on, you know, they dropped deeper and deeper and were, were too negative. Um and I think I think also it was probably you know, I I, I was sat there. In stoppage time, and I got got to say, the atmosphere over there was absolutely phenomenal. Like right up there with the best of experience in terms of European aways. Actually, thinking you know when it ticked into what the 92nd, 93rd minute, you know this is a hell of a result. You know for Liverpool to come here and okay, they haven't been great second half, but you know if Liverpool just dealt with that corner, we'd have been talking about how they dug in. You know actually showed some resilience and you know, and in the face of adversity a clung on for you know to inflict Sevilla's first home defeat in over a year. Um, you know, and obviously one one corner, one pretty poor header from Clavan, the balls in the back of the net and I think, you know, everything changes. Um so I don't think that should you know, you can't you can't just completely shift your opinion based on, on one incident.
0: I I mentioned in in the pod earlier in the week that I I I blamed the front three as much as anyone in the yeah. second half and I completely agree with your point um but Paul the, the the midfield wasn't great either and much of the intention was placed um because he's got the armband on Jordan Henderson and there's been there's an incredible amount of vitriol out there for Jordan Henderson for, for given that he's a character that that you know, he's not a controversial character in any way. Is he? he doesn't court publicity. He doesn't do rub people up the wrong rub, way. No, say he, the wrong thing. Or... He, he's, he's basically in a tremendously nice fella, isn't he? And I, you know, I don't, you know, I've never sat down and interviewed him or anything like that. But you know, he's just a, a nice bloke, isn't yeah. he? But people, for whatever reason, principally because they don't rate him necessarily as a player, and therefore don't feel he has the right qualities to be lived. Liverpool captain it's it's it's, a, it's it's a difficult one but it it do you think it's you, you know where where are you on on Henderson do you do you think that he can ever win over um a certain section of the Liverpool crowd who seem to have it in for him
2: it's it's difficult isn't it because he's the Liverpool captain and, and the previous incumbents was you know arguably the greatest Liverpool player in history so you know huge footsteps to follow so it's, I think he's always going to have you know, a certain fan who's going to say he's not the man for the job. Um, I, I didn't think he had a great game the other night, but then again, particularly second half, neither did Wine Wijnaldum, who often doesn't when he, he's not in the confines of Anfield. Um, so I think just, you know, leveling the criticism by Henderson is a bit unfair, as it is to say that, that Moreno was, was a, you know, all to blame for, for what went wrong as well. Um, it was a collective issue, but I think, you know, when Liverpool do play well... I think Henderson kind of goes under the radar a bit because there's other players who've patently performed, yeah. you know, more eye catching really. You know, you look at the, the front three, um, but you know Henderson's range of passing is superb, short and long, um, and I think uh, sometimes. If He's just unfairly single out because he's
0: not Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, I mean, I'm not here to massively defend Jordan Henderson, but three or four games this season, he's put defence-splitting balls through that have either, you know, brought goals straight away or brought chances that should have led to goals, and and there's almost no credit given to him ever for playing those sorts of balls, and you, you can see, and it's just brushed over on you know Henderson's played the ball over, whereas I can see if Gerrard had played those similar balls, oh, yeah. I, I, look, Gerr- I'm, I'm not. Placing him anywhere close to Steven Gerrard in terms of talent, what he's delivered for the club, none of that stuff. But I do think that that he is—he does get so, undue criticism at times. People are very, very quick to to try and single him out when they think uh, when they think he's had a, you know, even when he's had an average game, they're the first into in into say he's not good enough. But and I know a lot of people listening to to the pod right now will be saying, you know, he's not good enough to be. Liverpool captain. I, I, I don't. One thing I would say is I don't see a massive other captains uh, no. in that in that team. Um, you know, if you Milner's vice captain, yes, but not guaranteed a place in the team. Um, there's not many others, yeah. is there?
1: I think we saw that down at West Ham, didn't we, the other week when you know, great honour for Simon Minaule to be appointed captain that day. But you know, there was a reason why no outfield player got given the armband that day because Klopp looked around and on the day when. Mildred and Henderson weren't in the team you know he didn't didn't see a leader there did he and yeah. that's why he went for Mignolet that kind of opens itself up to a whole other debate, doesn't it about whether Liverpool have got
2: sufficient leaders in the team and the squad and a lot of people would say they haven't and that is you know one of the main criticisms of Liverpool are they
0: buying the right type of player yeah. in terms of uh, I mean obviously to a certain extent Dejan Lovren was meant to be the leader they were buying they thought they were you know, buying yeah. a new cara type weren't they which you know, obviously, with his, his own struggles with form, of uh, uh, you know, meant that hasn't been possible. Joe Matips a very different different character, very quiet. yeah. And so yeah, that that's normally where you look straight in a team for your captain, isn't it? You know, you look to your two centre halves normally. And um, I mean, we'll have that with Chelsea coming into town tomorrow. Cahill, the captain. You know, that's yeah. where you'd expect to find a captain, really. Um, so um, we'll we'll Parks for Nile, and James still confident we'll go through.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Paul touched on it earlier. I think the most annoying thing was that you know he, he could have had a dead rubber four days before the Merseyside Derby, um, and you know that would have been a, in a really hectic period going into the, the festive games. That would have been a real luxury. Now he, he can't take any chances whatsoever, can he? I think. But if anyone had said at the start of the group, you know, you need a point against Spartak at home to go through a win and you win the group, I think most people would have would have taken that. I mean, if Liverpool can't get one of those results against Spartak at home, they don't deserve
0: to be in the last sixteen. No, it, you say it would have been fantastic because not only would you get the rest before a derby and in a busy period, I've no doubt we would have seen Joe Gomez playing centre half in a four to yeah. to you know so we can start to have a look at him. Would have been no doubt a game we could have started Andy Robertson at left back quite solid to give him another some minutes. Um, you'd have thought Oxlade-Chamberlain would have played centre mid, wouldn't he? We could have played Solanke up front. Give him some time, you have know. Sturridge.
2: Liam Brewster on the bench. On yeah, yeah maybe. a little ten minutes for Yeah, him.
0: exactly. So I mean, it is massively frustrating, yeah. and because all the other games we have, and now that that one, the, there isn't much leeway, is there, in terms of you know where you go with your starting lineup and what you can potentially change? Because you know, by the very nature of it, most of these games are pretty tight affairs, and that brings us nicely into what I think is going to be a very very tight affair um, against Chelsea um, at Anfield, 5.30 kickoff tomorrow, wrap-up warm Jay. I've got the long johns uh, out already um, it's, uh, Jed Ray's stats tell me that there's been 50 Premier League meetings between Liverpool and Chelsea and, uh, and obviously quite a, few, quite a few meetings in recent years outside the Premier League clashes, uh, 19 wins for both teams uh, so it's you know it's been you know even handed uh, though at Anfield Liverpool have won 13 and only lost 6 but it is we haven't been Chelsea at Anfield in the league for uh, f- uh, the last 5 years um, so it was May 2012 was the last win so they have um, you know they nearly won it last year didn't they James when they came up um, yeah. Liverpool got a good win down at Stamford Bridge though with then. An- Excellent Jordan Henderson goal. Um, what's your feeling for tomorrow? Chelsea have recovered from this crisis they were meant to be in. They're sat third in the league, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's interesting. Isn't it? I mean, the, the, the build-up is, you know, Conte has been bleating quite regularly this week about their lack of preparation time for this game. And um, I think that certainly has to play into, into Liverpool's hands. I, I know the actual game itself, I don't think was too arduous for, for Chelsea well they beat Karabag, what four 0 um and were playing against ten men for for the best part of the, of those ninety minutes. But um you know still that travel has to take it out of you. Um, you know, I think they got back into London at five o'clock in the morning on, on Thursday. Um in contrast, you know, Liverpool were training Wednesday morning in Spain, flew back in the afternoon, um, and then have had Thursday Friday uninterrupted to work on things at Melwood. So um you know, you won't find Klopp admitting it's the case, I'm sure, but um, that has to that has to benefit Liverpool. Um, and I think the other big thing is, I think in midweek, I know, I no, you know, people will question it, but I think the atmosphere played a big, big part in midweek in terms of the way that Liverpool fell apart. I mean, Klopp at Melwood today spoke about, it was, he said it's about experiences, and the fact is we haven't had many experiences as a group of being in a position like that, in in that kind of atmosphere and uh, and the flip side of that is you know ra- rather than being almost like rabbits caught in the headlights like some players were the other night i think they'll be inspired by the, the atmosphere at Amford. i think it being a 5:30 saturday game is is perfect for liverpool because i think it will it will bring out the best in the fans that are there you know rather than one of those lunchtime kickoffs where sometimes you, you feel as if the mood is can be quite subdued even for a big fixture
0: of course the, the it is we need a, a, a We needed a a good game really to get over the other night didn't we i think I think this type of game is just just perfect for Liverpool, and you could have had a situation where the fans are going along you know for a game that perhaps Liverpool would be expected to win easily yeah. and and that's difficult then having seen what 's happened the other night for everyone to give it you know full help for the team. You would hope that Chelsea sets its own agenda in terms of how. How, how the grind should be tomorrow
2: yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think, you know, our five kick-offs, so it's obviously going to be uh, under the floodlights and that brings it, it, its own kind of atmosphere, doesn't it? S- especially when Chelsea are in town. Um, second half since the other side, we're spitting quietly. Liverpool are actually doing quite well. Uh, I think they've scored 16 in the last five, one defeat in the last ten. Um, only conceded one around the this season. Yeah. Is that right, yeah? The- Burnley, yeah. So, you know, things... Aren't all doom and gloom if you, you take that second half and and Seville out of it. Um, so a game against Chelsea, you know, really will be uh, blood and thunder, and, and I'm looking forward to it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it should. I think I think it should be a good game, but I do I do think it's a very difficult game, Piersy, in terms of um, they do they do they seem to have got over that initial sort of. Not quite sure what's going wrong in in with Conte and the squad and everything else, yeah. and their class is just getting them through. Because I mean, essentially, they've you know they lost Matic obviously, and they lost Costa, but which I think Klopp described today as two decisive players. He spoke about, about their mass, but but the rest of the squad remains intact. They've brought in Murata a title winning squad I mean they brought in Murata up front who's obviously doing well I think he's one behind Salah in terms of goals um, I see him as a real threat in the air actually tomorrow yeah. he's scoring a few headers at yeah. he's scored who's, a beauty against United isn't he?
1: yeah
0: Yeah, and I think Aspilicueta has set him up for four of yeah. or five goals who's, who to be honest would be my first name on a defensive team you sheet them, don't I, I absolutely love I actually I've, I saw highlights of one game that's See, I can't remember which one it was. Where he actually had a bad game. I think it genuinely might have been one of the first times I've ever seen him have a bad game. <laughs> That's when I thought maybe there is something up in, in this, you know, in in, yeah. in, in Chelsea. But I mean, they, they'll come. Obviously, you've got Cahill, very experienced. Um, Marcus Alonso you can get forward and get goals. I think uh, Moses is going to be fit for them if they want yeah. to bring him Will- back. William uh, and William scored two the other night, Small. didn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. yeah and very he's, sharp.
0: I mean, he hasn't necessarily been starting no. all games, and of course. Hazard, I think everyone uh, remembers. I think it was the last game before the Europa League final when Chelsea came yeah. up to Anfield and they absolutely.
2: It's
1: yeah,
0: brilliant goal, and he absolutely, you know, he's brilliant that night, wasn't he? And so they've they've got the players who who can definitely do you damage if you let them, haven't
1: they? Yeah, and I, and I think their recent kind of resurgence it has coincided, hasn't it? with Kante's return to fitness. I think they weren't the same when they had that wobble earlier on the season. He was he was missing for a while. Because um, they got turned, they've been turned over a few times. I they Burnley beat them, Palace beat them. Um, what was the other one? Roman in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, I think it yeah. I mean that was an absolute
2: defeat.
0: stuffing, wasn't it? The Roman in the Champions League. Yeah, so league. they have
1: been got at a bit more than you did. You know, obviously when they won the league last season, they 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 were very very secure defensively. It hasn't been quite the the, the case this season, but yeah, it, it looks like it's back to the old Chelsea the last few weeks. But. Um, you know, as, as Paul said, Liverpool's home form so far this season has been been excellent, and you know, I, I I still I don't I don't fear that that second half the other night will kind of have like a really detrimental effect on on spirits in the squad. I think you know Klopp spoke earlier on in the season about the damage done when Liverpool fell apart at Man City that day after Mane's red card. Now it took them time to recover. I don't I don't think it'll be a similar situation just because I think the repercussions. You know, just aren't the same. I think you know Liverpool. Yeah, we probably were embarrassed on the night. The fact that they threw it away like that against Sevilla, but you know, in the cold light of day, you're still top of your Champions League group. Costs you know, absolutely nothing
0: if you go and beat. Moscow, yeah, doesn't exactly,
1: it? exactly. So I don't, I don't think that suddenly like undoes all the good work um, from the last month. Um, although you know, I think again, you know, similar to the other night, it is another step up in class because yeah liverpool have had some great results since you know what happened down at wembley against tottenham but you know, who know what have they beaten they've beaten maribor west ham southampton huddersfield um you know they they need that kind of one big scalp to 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 really prove that they are uh, going to be a force in, in the league this season because you know i think obviously man city are just in a operating in a class of their own at the moment but this is a massive game for liverpool just in terms of that race for the top four because um, you know it's there's six up there at the moment and you know I don't think that top six is going to change between now and May um, and it's you know it's going to be it's going to have to take some just just to retain that top four spot that they had to fight so hard for last season.
0: Of course, in to that top six, James talks about we've I think Chelsea are the last of the of the other five that we have to face this season and we've had a um, not been phenomenal against the top six if you like uh, in the first period of Klopp's uh, reign at Anfield. Recently, you know, we've struggled a bit. Uh, obviously, got a great result against Arsenal, but uh, a 0-0 at home against United. Obviously, the 5 nil away to Man City, which had mitigating circumstances, but was still a really yeah. poor show. And then obviously, 4-1 away at Spurs. Yeah, yeah. And now, now, Chelsea, you don't want... As James says that top six isn't going to change so winning your games in that sort of mini league is going to be pretty crucial isn't
2: it yeah undoubtedly um, that could be key to where Liverpool finish whether it's fifth, sixth or fourth um, or even better It goes do you come on yeah well of course yeah yeah. Um, I mean <laughs> I, th- I think Manchester City uh, I'd said them for, to win the title back in August and I'm um, you know, nothing's gonna to, going to make me change that view. Um, and then I think the rest of the places are up for grabs. So I think what well, Liverpool do in games against these, you know, th- these these rivals is, is going to be crucial. Um, Liverpool kind of turned the corner in recent weeks against the teams. Who you think they should be beaten. I think I might have said it to Joe Rimmer last week. It's uh, you kind of forget what it feels like for Liverpool to, to turn up against the team they should be beaten at Anfield and beat them. And beat them comfortably uh, when they play Southampton, who are probably the best of the teams who were going to come to Anfield and put men behind the ball. Um, so you know, victories against Huddersfield and, and Southampton um, are great, and and you know, they kind of are turning the corner that way. But against the top six, they've regressed somewhat from what they were last season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what Liverpool team turns up against. Don't let's not forget are the champions.
0: Yeah, well, James. Let's talk about the team uh, as we uh, um, sort of look ahead. Um, obviously, Mignolet will come back in in goal, uh, albeit Caria had a decent night the other night. Uh, we saw some saves from him. Um, you're expecting him to keep Moreno?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably you know for a couple of big other calls for him is obviously John Matic was back in training on uh, Thursday. I'd, I'd imagine he'd come back in for Clavin as long as he doesn't have um you know any ill effects in the, in the next 24 hours you'd imagine um that matic would come back in you know him and lovren have been the the first choice partnership um it'd be interesting to see what he decides at, at right back i think probably trent will, will get the nod just because Klopp was so full of praise for him last weekend uh, and i think he he does have Klopp's trust um the only thing that makes you think he might plumb for gomez is maybe that greater physicality um but um, you know he, he has been alternating between the two of them a fair bit, um, and then I, I think I think the only obviously with Chan Chan would have come into the picture, but the way that Klopp was talking today it doesn't sound as if Emery Chan will be involved. You know, I think he, he kind of pointed to the hip area when I when I asked him what the issue was. So um, he said you know nothing major, but he said yeah he's a doubt for for the weekend. Um, so you know the only other real option in midfield is does he does he maybe bring Wil, uh, Milner in for Winaldum. That's a possibility, but apart from that, you know, I think Henderson will stay as the holding midfielder. Coutinho will, will play as as you know, as one of those midfield three behind the, the front three. And you know, I think the other intriguing thing will be to see you know how Salah performs against his former club because, Klopp was very diplomatic today when I asked about that, and you know, played it down and you know, played down suggestions that Chelsea had, had, had made a a real blunder by letting someone that gifted slip from their grasp. I think the only I think they paid 11 million for him and sold him for for 12 million after 18 months. Um, so, you know, he, he said he doesn't feel as if Salah has a point to prove, but I think deep down Salah will be be desperate to impress in in this game because you know he he didn't get a fair fair crack of the whip down there, and since he's returned to the Premier League, he's 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 shown Chelsea what they what they missed out on.
0: Yeah, I mean, my one worry with with the, with the front three is that I thought they looked a bit tired towards the end of the game the other night and, um, you know, there hasn't been a huge, uh, obviously Mane is not that long back from injury, is he? Um, Salah had a rest during the in national break but um, we do rely on those players a lot and obviously Firmino gets through a hell of a lot of work any game he's in, So, um, but you still can't see him changing those three, can you? You think he'll go with them, you know, ghostly probably and... Um, and then, you know, fingers crossed, then he can start to think about changes uh, as we go forward from there. But this might be the game where he, he just sort of wants the team A on there, whatever he thinks it is.
2: Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure about Milner's inclusion. I think he kind of might get overrun against the likes of uh, Kante and Bakayoko. I think Alex Oxley Chamberlain might be better suited for his energy and his legs in there. Um, scored,
0: against, scored against Chelsea in the uh, in the Community Shield, uh, uh,
2: apparently did, yeah. according to Jed's yeah, stats yeah. here. Um, in the with, shootout, um, and then uh, I'm with James. The, the, the team uh, as it is, I think Gomez should start ahead uh, of Trent. Uh, don't much to offend you with that one, but I think that's no. prob- probably the, the right call for, for me. Um, yeah. As we've discussed with Mourinho, I don't think he's the answer long term, but I think. Uh, dropping them for Chelsea is a risk with Robertson having not played for two months um, so that, that, that'd be my team similar to James's, I've got Gomez in it right back and uh, Oxley Chamber in midfield with Henderson
0: Well it'll be interesting at half past four tomorrow to see that team sheet drop there'll be a lot of fans staring at phones and uh, mm-hmm. and everything else waiting to see if Alberto Moreno is in it um, and uh, again whether Joe Matip uh, comes back in as well Um, but we'll we'll leave it there for now Um, if if you do want even more of a dissection of the Sevilla game and uh, catch up with the pod we did on Wednesday uh, which goes into it into in plenty of detail Um, but for now this has been uh, a slightly uh, abridged version of your uh, Friday blood red hope you enjoyed it anyway and hopefully we'll be back on Monday to discuss Uh, Liverpool getting back on track and And a big three points at Anfield on Saturday Thanks for listening